0: This insert is brought to you by Radio K-Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Welcome, everyone that's just joined um, Radio K-Pulpit. This is Alana Ullifu with my program called Body Matters. I hope you all had a great week. Today I'm going to share with you about having hope in the midst of trials, anxiety, and fear. You know, today in in the world that we live in, there's so much going on. People are um, at a point of hopelessness, you know, there's despair, people are facing trials and difficult times. And today I really just want to share with you that God is a God of hope, no matter what you're going through. You know, God is for us and he's not against us. And the scripture that I want to share from is Jeremiah 29 verse 11. And I know that many of you know the scripture, but you know what? The scripture is such a beautiful reminder that God has good thoughts for us and it says for I know the plans says the Lord I have for you the plans are for good and not for disaster but to give you hope and a future so I hope that today that my word is going to encourage you so the topic I just want to start off with is Why do we go through difficult times? And I want to touch on what does the Bible say about us going through difficult times? You know that we live in a fallen world. And it doesn't mean that we are Christians that we exempt from bad things happening to us. But we do have Jesus on our side because he said he will never leave us nor forsake us. And in him and through him, we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. You know, things happen in our lives for reasons we don't always understand. But the Lord promises to be with us in times of trouble. Sometimes the Lord doesn't take us out of trouble. But he says in Isaiah 43 verse 2, he says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you and through the rivers they shall not overflow you when you walk through the fire you shall not be burned nor shall the flames scorch you you see we we have the lord on our side to help us and carry us through difficult times and sometimes the lord as i said he delivers us from unpleasant situations But sometimes He allows us to go through them. So when God allows us, when does God allow us to go through the storm? You know, sometimes going through a storm, it might be very unpleasant at the time. But you know what? God has always got a greater purpose behind it. And therefore, we always need to trust Him. You know, James 1, 2 to verse 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You see, when we endure the hardship or struggles, it gives us the opportunity to exercise our faith and to put our faith into practice. We need to grow as Christians and become more mature in the things that in the things of God, and often the Lord uses these opportunities to grow us and to see how we will respond to him when things are tough. So, I just want to read that last part. It says, "Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature" and complete, not lacking anything. You see, the more trials we endure and overcome, and the more we experience God's faithfulness in these trials, the more effective we become in future trials. You know, it's like going to um, to school and writing an exam. Um, You know, we have to pass the test. You know, these are opportunities for God to show us also that He is faithful and that we have the ability to overcome anything through him. You know, trials are not from God. I want to tell you that trials are not from God, but he will allow us to go through it for our benefit. And that's why it says, consider it pure joy. You see what the enemy intended for evil, God uses it for our good. And that's in Exodus 50, 20. In James it also said that we should consider it pure joy when we face trials. Now I believe like Job in five twenty two, in verse twenty two says, We will also that we will also be able to come to a point and say, You will laugh at destruction and famine, and need not fear the wild animals. And this means that we become when we go through trials we become so sharp you know we become so tuned in in our discernment and we can see oh here's the enemy coming again that we'll be able to identify the schemes of the enemy before we can become consumed by it so the more trials we go through the more difficulties we go through and as i say God allows us sometimes to go through it difficulties are not from him i just want to emphasize that but as we go through it and as we see god's faithfulness and as we overcome you know we are um set up we have more confidence when we go through another trial um you know we'll remember god's faithfulness that he is faithful he helped us through the last time and god will help you through the next time you see, the reality is that it's not always easy sometimes to be joyful during trials. I don't know about you, but sometimes when we face hardship, it's not, it's not easy to have joy. But I've experienced that the Lord Himself sometimes encourages us through these times to keep the faith. You know, in Nehemia 8.10 it says, The joy of the Lord is my strength. And joy comes from knowing that who we are in Christ, and that strengthens us and that encourages us to keep going. You know, we must remember that in this life, we're always going to face difficulties because, as I said at the beginning, we live in a fallen world. It says it's going to come, offenses will come, trials will come, persecution will come for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And therefore, God wants us to be strong. He wants to prepare us for these trials so that when the next trial comes, we'll go, OK, now I remember God helped me out the last time. God is definitely going to help me out this time. And that builds our faith and that helps us to rely on him. But there's another reason why we could be going through difficult times. And, you know, sometimes the Lord decides to discipline us. Now, discipline normally comes due to disobedience. So in Proverbs three twelve it says, For the father corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child whom he delights in. So the Lord delights in us. He loves us. If we are His children, He loves us. And just as our parents or how we discipline our children, God also disciplines us. His heart for discipline is to help us to come back on track again. It helps us to to find the right path. You see, He loves us so much that He only knows what we need to experience, so that we will choose to come back to Him. In Hebrews twelve eleven, it says, "No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful; but afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness." You see, if God, if we don't discipline our children, it actually says in the Bible, when you know a parent who loves his child will discipline his child. And the reason why we discipline our children is because we want the best for them. When we see they're going off track, when we see they're going to get into trouble, you know, we don't discipline them because we want to hurt them. We discipline them in order to 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 um keep them from trouble. And I believe the Lord is the same with us. You know, sometimes we find ourselves in dis, in in difficult circus circumstances due to sin. You know, we all fall short of God's glory and sometimes we mess up. Sometimes we make the wrong choices. And there has been times in the Bible where God handed men sometimes over to their own sin so that they would return to him. But let's just look at people in the Bible. Look at David. David sinned. David committed adultery. You know, and there was consequences to his adultery. And sometimes I think it's very harsh, but he lost his his firstborn child. And even though he served God, even though the Lord said David had a, a heart after his own heart, you know, the Lord loved David. David um, had a man killed. Um, he took his wife. But you know what? Even in the midst of all of that, you know, us sins, whether we're in Christ or not, we still bear the consequences thereof, even though God loves us. And, you know, there's, there's a scripture that for me, sometimes it's very harsh to read this scripture. But there's times in the Bible where the Lord, even as I said, handed people over to Satan and I want to read this to you in 1 Corinthians 5, verse 5. It says, Hand this man over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord. And there's another scripture in 1 Timothy 1.12.20 1, 20 that says, Cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. For some people deliberately violated their conscience. As a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. And it says, Hemianus and Alexander are two examples. I thought them out and handed them over to Satan so they might learn not to blaspheme a God. Now, when I read these two scriptures, it seems harsh. But I believe that God gives us many chances to repent and turn from our sins, even though it seems severe to be to be handed over to Satan as described in the above two scriptures God ultimate his ultimate intention is still good he's still working his good purpose in us because he loves us his heart is not for us to perish for not one of us to perish, but to have eternal life. you know everything that God allows us to go through, even if it may seem bad at the time. He does it for the main purpose to save our souls. You know, if we ask God for forgiveness and we mess up, you know, God is faithful and He will forgive us of our sins. And He takes it from us as far as the East is from the West. He remembers it no longer. You see, God will never put you through something that you're also not able to bear. You know, the enemy will come and He will tempt us. Um, in so many different ways. In 1 Corinthians ten thirteen it says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he'll also provide a way out so that you can endure it. You see, as Christians, we are continuously in a battle between good and evil. You know, the devil is out there to deceive us, to set a trap for us. Um, it says the devil is like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You know, every day we are faced with, with with decisions and we are told not to conform to the patterns of this world, but to be obedient to the word of God. And I believe this is the narrow road because we are going against what the world wants us to do. Now in Matthew seven fourteen it says, But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. In John 1633 it says, I've told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. You know Jesus said that as he suffered on this earth, You know, he suffered persecution, and so we as Christians will also face many sufferings and many trials. In 1 Timothy 3.12, it says, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. You know, we will go through trials and tribulations, but as we keep our mind fixed on him, he will give us supernatural peace and strength to endure. You see, as Christians, we are going to face many things. And as I read at the beginning, that scripture that says, consider it pure joy, my friend. You know that the more we go through trials, the easier it becomes to go through it. Um, we just get stronger. We can see already, oh, this is the enemy. And God wants us to be strong. You know, that we are not thrown by all, but by what the enemy comes and, and he throws at us, but that we are more than overcomers in Christ Jesus. And God is faithful, no matter what you're facing today, God is faithful. He's with you, He wants you to overcome, and He wants to help you. As I said, as Christians, we need to know that we are fighting a battle for eternity. Our mission is to, you know, our mission as Christians is to. Establish heaven on earth. And the enemy will do anything to resist God's purpose in our lives. Let's read Matthew 16, 24 to 26, it says, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return of his soul? You see, the life we are living now is just a shadow of the real life that we'll have in heaven one day. In Romans eight eighteen, it says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed. And in 2 Corinthians four seventeen, it says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. You see, our reward is eternal life with Jesus Christ. We will experience peace, no more death, no more tears, no more pain, no more sickness, but just being in the presence of our Father God. You see, one day God will we'll be with him. And, and that place is a place of peace. You see, God is such a good God. You know, with at him, we are, we, are we, we cannot overcome. And in 1 John 5 4 it says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, and that is our faith. Our faith In Jesus Christ. So let's take a short break um, break, and then we'll come back with overcoming fear and anxiety in the midst of our battles. Welcome back. If you've just tuned in, it's Alina Olyfear with Body Matters. And I've just been chatting about why do we go through difficult times. And I know that in this world today, we all face trials and tribulations. And sometimes it's so difficult. We don't always understand why. But today I want to focus or now I just want to focus a little bit about um, when we face trials, you know, the anxiety and fear. So, You know, when we go through difficult times, we may battle with fear and anxiety. So how do we overcome the fear and anxiety in our lives? You know, fear and anxiety is the opposite of peace. And, you know, when we go through trials and we face hardships, it's very, very difficult to stay calm and peaceful. And I'm sure you all know that. And it's not uncommon for us to become to be overcome with fear and anxiety when we don't know what the outcome of a situation is going to be like. You know, sometimes you're waiting for a, a doctor's result or you don't know, you know, if you're going to lose your job or not. Um, or you're sitting in a situation and you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And it's very hard to have that peace. But, you know, with Christ, we can obtain that peace. And I know that it's a terrible and frightening place to be. You see, when we are anxious, sometimes the pain of the situation that we are experiencing can seem to be far worse than what it really is. You know, and I'm not trying to undermine what you're going through, but our minds have a creative ability to exaggerate our situations that can cause us to become overwhelmed at times. And this can cause us to have more stress and anxiety, which can become a vicious circle. You see, the enemy wants to paralyze us in our situations so that we are unable to move forward or even think that there's a way out of it. And remember that fear is anticipating. You know, when we are fearful, we are anticipating that something negative is going to happen. You see, the truth is that it is only a thought. You know, when we worry, when we fear, when we... Um, you know, it's it's only a thought or a speculation of something that has not yet happened or might never happen. You know, I love what Joyce Meyer says. She, says, she said once that fear is false evidence appearing real. You see, our imagination can run havoc with us and cause us to feel defeated before anything physically happens has taken place you see our minds are so powerful and therefore we need to learn to take our thoughts captive in times like these you know in times and things are just seems like it falling apart the biggest thing that we need to do is to keep our minds fixed on the lord you see, when we become fearful or anxious, we need to evaluate what we are thinking. You see, the enemy will attack our minds with thoughts that oppose the word of God. His warfare against us are lies that will cause us to fear. You know, fear and anxiety is normally rooted in a lie. You know, the enemy, we might be, be facing a, a, a something And the enemy will plant those thoughts. What if it's this? What if it's that? And then we go and we think it out. We start imagining what it would be like. And before we know it, that lie and that anxiety and that fear has taken root. You see, fear can also gain access over our lives. Um, Also, sometimes we have a, a bad experience or trauma comes in and we can become anxious you know that fear is a spirit, and that spirit has access over us when we choose to believe a lie over God's truth. You see, in 2 Timothy one seven, it says, we do not have a spirit of fear or timidity, timidity, sorry, I can't pronounce that right now, but of power, love, and a, and a sound mind. You see, the scriptures illustrate that the Holy Spirit is, inside of us does not contain fear you see the spirit of god in us you know doesn't contain fear so the minute we step into fear we know that we stepped out of god's will and that's not god's heart for us so there are many scriptures in the bible where the lord repeatedly says do not fear you see fear is the gateway to anxiety and anxiety is a form of torment there was a time, you know, in my own life that I was sick and I was overwhelmed with fear and anxiety. And that caused me to have an anxiety attack and, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced an anxiety attack, but you feel like you can't explain something. You just feel strange. You feel like you're in the supernatural, feel like you're having a heart attack. You don't know what's going on. Your heart starts to race up. You feel like you can't get air. And, and you actually feel like you're busy dying at the moment. And, you know, the, the Lord once showed me that, you know, that that fear, when you when you have periods of fear, inside of you. Fear is the gateway for anxiety attacks. And sometimes it can be a a tangible demonic attack. You know, as Christians, we have the authority to rebuke and command these spirits to leave us in the name of Jesus. You see, when we struggle with fear in general, it's associated with a, a slave mentality and punishment. But faith is rooted. Now, fear is the opposite of faith. So when you don't have faith, then you're operating in fear. If you don't have fear, then you are operating in faith. And faith is rooted in love and sonship. You know, a slave does not perceive his master as a father who cares or loves him. He always feels like he has to earn his master's favor and acceptance And if he does not perform, he may fear punishment. Now, many of you might be saying, I struggle with fear. And I want to challenge you, if you're struggling with fear, ask Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, where did that door of fear open in my life? Somewhere in our lives, you know, where we struggle with fear. There there could have been an incident in your life. There could have been something in your life that has opened up that door and when God shows you and and there might be an incident and there might be it could have been your dad it could have been your mom it could have been an uncle it could have been a friend and and it's to forgive it's to walk in forgiveness towards that person you see God is a god of love and if we love God you know it's we, we have we have a security and a peace within us. Um, there's an assurance that God is good and that his perfect love casts out all fear. You see, God's perfect love casts out all fear. And in 1 John four eighteen it says, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear because fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears is not been perfected in love. As I said, fear is the opposite of faith. And fear says, God, I don't trust you enough that you will be able to help or deliver me out of this situation. And therefore, we need the word of God to overcome fear so that we can replace that lie from the enemy of the truth of God's word. Now, for instance, I remember going through a time when I was really, really, I was sick. I didn't know what was going on. And maybe some of you have heard my testimony, how God has healed me. But during that time of not knowing what's going on with me, you know, the enemy came in with a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear and a lot of what ifs. You know that what if it says, you know, maybe you're not going to make it. Maybe you, you're going to die. Maybe this is some sickness that you have. Maybe this is the end. And you know, when you start thinking those thoughts, when you start meditating on those thoughts, because the enemy will come with those thoughts, you know, it was for me so hard. it would, it would Those thoughts would just bring up anxiety and fear. But the minute I would sit and start delving in the word of God, where I said, no, no, no. Um, by his stripes, I am healed. in Jesus' name. I will live. I will not die. And so when I meditated on the word of God, the word of God basically lifted my faith. And the minute I could step out in faith and trust the word of God, and I claimed it for myself. You see, faith is based on the truth of God in the situation that we're in, you know, faith comes from hearing the word of God, and faith goes hand in hand with peace. The minute I believe the word of God, I had peace. The minute I listened to the 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 voice of the enemy, I would become fearful. So in Romans ten seventeen, it's in Philippians sorry in Philippians four eight it says. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or worth, praiseworthy, think about such things. You know, we need to guard our thoughts constantly and remain focused on the Lord and the good things he says about our situation. I don't know what situation you are facing today, but the word of God is for you. There's not one one scripture for someone and not for you. Everything in the Bible is for you. And you can claim that word. You know, our minds are so powerful sometimes. We need to fill it with good things. And the Lord instructs us to fill it with good things, to think on good things. And we need to be aware of what we're thinking all the time. Because the minute you start thinking negative thoughts, the ang- you feed fear and anxiety the minute you start thinking of the word of god the minute you start focusing on good things you know that produces faith and faith gives you peace and i want to read the scripture from from job 325 which says for the thing that i greatly feared has come upon me and that which i was afraid of it came unto me and I don't know about you but you know if if what you fear and you meditate on will happen to you and if you think of God's word and you walk in faith that will happen to you because so a man thinks in his heart so he will become so we should not give our fear any power by meditating on it. So the minute you step in fear, the minute you start thinking, change, take your thoughts captive and focus on the Word of God. To overcome anxiety and fear, we need to be willing to press into the Lord. Pray, do spiritual warfare. It could be minute by minute or hour by hour, even day by day, until we experience His peace. The minute we allow fear and anxiety to control us, We give the enemy an open door to torment us. The minute you are in torment, the minute you are restless, the minute you need to sit and say, what am I thinking? What am I believing? Am I believing the lies of the enemy or or am I going to step out in faith? Philippians 4, 6 says, don't be anxious about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. So this scripture clearly gives us instructions to pray about whatever's bothering us. Pray about what's concerning you. You know, what whatever it is that you in pray about it. And then it says, give thanks. Then you say, thank you, Lord. I know. So in faith, we say, thank you, God, you will sort it out. Thank you, God, you will work it out. You know, because we need to surrender the situation in his hands. And then lastly, the Lord says, then you will experience my peace. So what God is saying is you cannot do anything about the situation that you are in, but I can. God can. He knows better than you. Sometimes our hands are cut. You might be even praying for your child today. You might be praying for someone that's gone off track today. You might be calling out to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't know what to do anymore. And you're anxious But you know what the Lord says, give it unto me and believe, believe that I will do it for you. You know, we cannot be there 24-7. You cannot be there all the time, but God can be there. Hand it over to God. Thank him. Praise him for what he's going to do in your situation and believe Because the word says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without believing, we cannot receive anything from God. So believe, and then God will give you his peace. And once you experience that peace, you are entering his rest, and you have handed over to him. You see, it's in the presence of the Lord that we'll be able to enter a place of peace. When we enter God's peace, it doesn't matter what our physical condition or circumstances are. At that moment, we have already overcome and the greater part of the greatest part of the battle. You know, sometimes everything around you feels like it's falling apart and you hand that situation over to God, even though nothing has changed. You're sitting in the mist. When you've got God's peace in the midst of the storm, then you know you've surrendered and you can trust him. And I love the scripture in Isaiah 26 verse 3 that says, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is fixed on you because he trusts in you. You see, when we trust God, when we believe God for our circumstances, we will be able to receive his peace. But the minute you step out of peace, then you need to say, okay, God, what am I thinking? What am I doing? How do I get that peace back? And then we can pray. You see, when we enter the peace of God, He will reveal to us His heart regarding our circumstances. And the truth will set us free. When our minds come in alignment with what the Lord says about our circumstances, we will be able to stand strong. You know, when we have peace, we have faith. And what does the Lord say? If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can move mountains. You see, we need to know that the promises of God and his word are more real than the emotions that we are experiencing. You see, the enemy wants to destroy us. The enemy doesn't want you to have faith, to trust God, because the minute you have faith, you have peace. And when you have peace and you believe, God can work In your situation. In Proverbs 24, 16, it says, For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again, but the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. So ask God to strengthen your faith and to deliver you from fear. And he will do it. He will strengthen you. So let's take a break and then we come back with hope, having hope in the midst of of your storm. Welcome back. This is Alana Fear with Body Matters. And I've just been chatting about why we go through difficult times and how do we overcome fear and anxiety during those difficult times. But I want to touch on hope today because I know when you go through difficult times and um, it's so easy to fall in a place of hopelessness. And, you know, God is a God of hope. And the minute we fall into hopelessness, you know, we fall out of what God wants for us. So I want to touch on hope this morning. So what is hope? Hope is an expectation or a desire for something good to happen. You know, faith is the building blocks of hope. You know, when you have faith, you have hope. And when you have hope, you have faith because they are inseparable. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And that is in Hebrews 11.1. 1. You see, it takes faith to believe that the vision or the thing that we are hoping for will materialize. You see, if, you, if you've got hope, I mean, if we look at hope, hope is something as an expectancy. I'm hoping to win a competition. I'm hoping to... Um, lose weight so when you have hope you can visualize you can see you know this is what it's going to look like or i hope i'm going to win that holiday and when you have hope you already see yourself out there you can imagine it um so faith is the same thing you know if you're for for god to yield you you can imagine yourself being yielded so faith and hope goes hand in hand. You know that hopelessness. People that experience hopelessness, you know, they don't have a vision. And I have spoken to someone not so long ago, and and I've I know that because I've um, struggled with depression. Depression and hopelessness is almost the same thing. You know, when you're depressed and you're struggling with depression and you can't get out of it, it's like this gray cloud that hangs over you and you just feel not like no matter what you just can't get out of it. You might feel happy for a moment but then you you've got this gloom and doom that something bad's gonna happen. You can't visualize the future. So I want to say that hope is always connected to a vision. You know when we have a vision we have purpose and purpose fuels hope. You know when you're hopeless you can't see beyond tomorrow. Everything feels and seems pointless. It's pointless. And I know that feeling I've been there, but I praise God today that I've got hope. And hope is that thing that makes you want to get up in the morning, knowing that you have purpose and a mission in life. And as I read when we started Jeremiah 29, 11, and I want to read this to you today. Maybe you need to hear this again. So, the Lord says, For I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you future and hope. God wants you to have hope. You know, hope is connected to joy. You know, Proverbs 13:12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. You see, the enemy will always try and steal our hope. When he steals our hope, he steals our dreams, our visions, our life purpose, and our joy. And we must remember that one of the enemy's strategies is to prevent us from walking in our God given purpose. You know, hopelessness, hopelessness has no substance of faith. And without faith, we can't obtain the things of God. You know, in John 10, 10, it says the thief comes only for one thing, and that is to kill, steal, and destroy. But the Lord says, I have come that you may have life and life in abundance. And that is not just eternal life. That is to have life here on earth. God wants us on this earth while we have breath in him as his children to enjoy life, to have peace. To have joy. He wants that for us. He wants us to prosper, to flourish in every area of our lives. And it doesn't matter. Even though, as I said, we might face trials. We might be persecuted. We might go through hardship. But even in all of that, God is in control of everything. And he works all things out for the good of those who love him. You know, um, as I said, depression earlier on is a form of hopelessness, and I said hopelessness again is rooted in a lie, just like fear and anxiety. It's a lie, because God is hope. He's not a god of hopelessness. You see, in Romans five thirteen it says, "May the God of hope is not the god of hopelessness or the god of anxiety." May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, when you've got Christ inside of you, no matter what you're going through, I think there's a scripture that comes to mind. I don't know where it is. It says, One day in the house of God is better than a thousand days on this earth. You see, when we come to Christ, You know, we already have a joy and a peace and a purpose in us. God just places that within us. And sometimes even as Christians, we struggle with hopelessness. But you know what? God is a restorer. He wants to yield. He wants to restore. You know, um, as I said, I struggled with hope and with hopelessness and depression. And I remember one day, and I, I think I've mentioned this before on radio, where, um, you know, I sat and I was looking out by, by the window and it was a gray and cloudy day. And I said to God, this is how I feel. I feel gray. I feel like there's this cloud around me. And the Lord clearly said to me, he said to me, beyond all those clouds, the sun is always shining. And you know what, that just made me realize that I might be feeling this, but the truth is that God is always there. You know, He's always with us, no matter what. You see, God will not leave us in a place of hopelessness when we call out to Him. The Holy Spirit is there to guide us and help us. And most times we need to change our mindset, as I said. We need to focus on what is good. You know, powerful tools in overcoming the spirit of heaviness, um, abiding in Christ, spending time in His Word, and pray, pray. Sorry, praise and worship is one of the ways that the Bible says we can overcome. So I just want to read Isaiah 61.3. It says, to appoint unto them who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the tree of righteousness. You see, Isaiah 61, it was God or Jesus' calling on this earth. And he wants to give us a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Someone once said to me, you know, every day, if you can get up every day in the morning and thank God for everything that is good, everything that's good in our lives, just for the breath that we have. Just for the food that we have. Thank you that we can walk. Thank you that we're healthy. Thank you that we are alive. If we can start focusing and declaring the good things that we have to, in order to change our mindset. Because all that it is, hopelessness and depression is a is a mindset that needs to be changed from the negative to the positive and that's why that scripture says do not be conformed to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your minds then you will know what is God's good perfect and acceptable will for your life you know God never gives up on us he will always try and reveal his heart to us he wants us to see ourselves the way he sees us You know, and that is perfect. You know, even no matter what we're going through, no matter what we feel, God is there. He's a God of hope. We can call out to him. You know, he sees us. Sometimes we don't think of ourselves. We just, you know, we're so down, we're so out. We just feel like we just can't get out of this big hole. But the Lord doesn't see us that way. You know, He created us with purpose, with vision. He's given us gifts. He's given us talent so that we can flourish. He wants us to flourish. You know, He's given us purpose. And just called out. God wants us to be hopeful and expectant of good things. But most of all, He wants us to put our hope in Him. And Ephesians 1.18 says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glory his glorious inheritance in his holy people so i just want to just encourage you today no matter what you're facing no matter what difficulties you're going through you know you might be trusting god for for many things maybe it's You know, it could be something small and it could be something really serious. But I want to tell you that God says in his word, be anxious for nothing. Pray about everything and praise him. Once you've given it to God, praise him and thank him. That he's going to sort it out. Because the word of God says the Lord will perfect that which concerns you. He knows what you need before you even ask him. He knows the situation that you're in. He knows your heart. You know, God wants to help you. You know, he wants to answer your prayers. And, and beyond all of that, he wants to give you peace. In the midst of whatever storm you're going through now. Because when you've got peace... You've got hope. And when you've got hope, you've got faith. And God says he needs faith just as small as a mustard seed that you will be able to move mountains, that you will be able to overcome. It's through faith in him. And faith is believing in God that he can do all things that nothing is impossible for him. Nothing is impossible for God. He wants us to believe him and that's having faith. Faith is to believe that God can do it. He says, whatever you ask for and you believe it, I will do it for you. So today I just feel like I just want to pray for you, just for faith and that God will strengthen you in this time. So Father God, I just want to bring every listener that is hearing my voice today, you know What they are going through, Father. You know the circumstances. You know what they are trusting you for. God, they might be hurting. They might feel hopeless right now. They might just feel like giving up, Lord. They might be just feeling like there's an, you know, that they've got setback after setback after setback. They might want to give up. If it's you, the Lord is saying, don't give up, keep the faith. Keep the faith. God wants to strengthen you. God wants to strengthen you. He wants to help you. No matter what you're facing today, God is with you. He has heard your prayers. Put your trust in him. Father, Father God wants to lift you out of that hopelessness. So, Father, I pray for every person that's listening today that you will give them hope. Father, that they'll experience your love and your presence. And as they give their situations to you, Father, I pray that you will give them supernatural peace. That peace that surpasses all understanding that will guard their hearts and minds. That you will enfold them today, Father. That you'll keep them safe in the palm of your hands. That they will know, that they will know you, Father. And that they will put their trust in you like never before. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. So I hope that this program has encouraged you. That no matter what you're going through. God is greater than whatever you're facing right now. And he's with you and he wants to help you. So thank you so much for joining me. And if you'd like to contact me. You can email me. At alana at kpulpit.co.za, alana at kpulpit.co.za. I would love to hear from you. So have a great week. Unfortunately, this is the end of the program. So we'll chat again next week, same time. Have a blessed week. From me, Alana Ulifi, goodbye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m